0: Podcast episode 9. I'm here with Ramon, Carlos, and Robert. Yes, I said it. Carlos is back, so we're back together. The gang is back together to discuss sports. How y'all guys doing today?
1: Doing good, man. I mean, dang, nine episodes in already.
2: Golly, man, it's time flying, but it feels good to be back, man. I I missed you guys. I ain't gonna lie, I missed y'all. Yeah, man, Uh, it's good to have you back, bro. It's finally good to have the three of us rolling again. Um, the three amigos, right, yes, right. The right. three musketeers. It's nothing like when we all, when we all together on the three pod, blind so. mice. Okay, I think you might take that one a little too <laughs> far, right i <there. laughs> But bro, I'm, I'm ready to get it going, bro. Ready to get it rolling. Um, well, the
0: NBA draft is tomorrow, and let's talk about it. Uh, I think it's a very uh, talented class that's coming up. I think it's a top heavy draft. Uh, I mean, you could disagree. I, yeah, I but, but, I mean, I, I think ultimately, I mean, it's going to be – I mean, every draft has those steals and diamonds in the rust that come out. You know, like Draymond or who, know that, who knew that Kyle Kuzma was going to be. Who knew that Isaiah Thomas would be who he is today. So, I mean, there are some late-round picks, some late-round jewels. But, as of right now, when you look at the top, I say you got three sure things in this draft. I think three for sure players. After that, I think that the tier drops.
2: Uh, I wouldn't agree with
1: that. I wouldn't agree. I think you have maybe like five, six names that's going to be, you know, good serviceable players, maybe two stars out of this draft. And I think six, seven players that's going to really make a name for themselves. You know, the rest probably, you know you know, like in previous drafts where you just have players that pop up like you mentioned. But I think you're going to have about six, seven players that's going to make a name for themselves from this draft.
2: And, I mean, I think you got to look at it, too. I know you're talking about it being so top-heavy and everything, but I think even some names that are sliding down, like the Dante DiVincenzo or whatever from Villanova that you're looking at a late first <laughs> rounder. that name. Or, or however you say his name. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it was however you pronounce it. You talking about too, to me, a guy in a Grayson Allen. I know I got the Duke Bias right there, but uh, I think he can be a valuable guy that can shoot the basketball in today's NBA. Um, and so I mean you got guys like of course still Duke Bias, but Gary Trent, but then you look at a Malik Newman that's looked to go in the second round. To me, you got different guys that are sprinkled in this draft and Anthony Simons that is that young talent that you don't O'Brien. know a lot about. So it's like to me it's a little bit deeper than what you're looking at on, on face value or well, surface level.
0: Well, let me read. Well, let me kind of explain what I'm saying when I say top heavy. In my opinion, uh, the first three guys in this draft that's, that's going to go, we're going to go over the mock draft a little later, our mock draft. But the first three guys, to me, I don't think they can fail. I think they're the for sure thing. Then after that, I think that there are question marks by each and every one of the players. Like, you know, for instance, Michael Porter you know, he was in a lot of people's top, you know, five, in, you know, in the draft prior to the injury questions. But Yeah, he was number one on the football while. But it, number one high school recruit and, you know, number one player in the draft, hands down. But, you know, there's that question mark about, you know, his back injury. And, you know, it's kind of weird that, you know, they're, they're saying that their agent and him is not willing to show his where he is health-wise. Yeah. So... And I mean, I don't blame him, I guess because you know, I don't know. I mean, because if you're healthy, what do you have to hide? But anyway, that's another another day. But you know, but that's a, that's a big question. That back injury. So I mean, that's one guy that you know is not for sure. You know, yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, I think I think you got several guys like you mentioned that are questionable. I mean, you got the whole injury thing with him. You got Trey Young of his his game and size going to really fit All in the right. next level. Is he going to really be able to play
0: that way? But I feel like – Colin Sexton, yeah. you know, he, he can slash it, but can he really shoot? Yeah. You know. I, I, so I the Michael yeah. Porter point, I think,
1: you know, you look at Kyrie Irving, you know, he's kind of was in the same situation where he was injured, you know, and played only, what, like 12, 13 games, you know, at Duke. But, you know, if you look back at that, you know, I bet if, you know, you do that draft again, they'll probably still take Kyrie Irving, you know, one overall again. So, I mean, you can look at the injuries in college and the history of injuries, but sometimes, you know, you just got to take the talent. And so I think, I think his injury bug is being overplayed right now, you know, and mm-hmm. I think somebody's going to end up getting a steal later on in the draft with his talent. I
0: don't know, man. Back injuries are, you know, they're really tricky, especially in the big man. They can linger. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that, but then you got some guys that... What? Like you said, I
2: guess it's different for a big man, but a guy like Steve Nash that battled back injuries almost his whole career. But still, you talking about a guy that was a two-time MVP, a perennial all-star. what he did
0: when he was with the Lakers.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I know you don't like him because of that, but I'm just saying there are guys out there that were able to manage with it. I ain't saying it's the best case scenario, but I can see what Los was saying with the whole Kyrie Irving point right there.
1: Yeah, and another point about you know um, the kid, the shooter, Trey Young. I think Trey Young. You know you. What teams are battling with, with him is you know is he going to be the next Steph Curry or is he going to be Jimmy Fredette? You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I think you know they they worry about the size, the smaller guys that can shoot because Jimmy Fredette shot the lights off in college. You know same thing with Curry. You know and so same with, the, old boy, from with you know, old boy
0: from He's Oklahoma. I'm sorry. Oh boy from Oklahoma. talking
2: about Buddy Hill? Buddy Hill. Yeah. But, but is, you know, you
1: got those type of players, you know, that smaller size, you know, and you, <laughs> you always have those battles of, you know, hey, yeah, they can shoot, but with these type of players, how many are you not going to, those players not going to come into the NBA and get the majority of the shots. So it's going to, it's kind of going to be like Curry. They're going to have to find their role, play a role, and then maybe take over the team later on, like the, the Warriors did when they had Monte Ellis and Curry, and then they decided to send, send off Monte Ellis and you the keys to Curry, you know. It's going to have to take time. So, I don't think Trey Young is going to come in and take over the league or anything. You yeah, know, I like it's going to take three or four years.
0: I don't know because Trey, his game is predicated on NBA. I think he'll have more success in the NBA than he did at Oklahoma just by virtue of the fact that Oklahoma didn't have any talent around him. He had to do everything. You know, he had to create opportunities for others as well as create for himself. So, I mean, that's the NBA, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You have more of that free freelance type offense. So, I think that his game really caters to the league more. I think that his size, like you mentioned, will be my only concern. Yeah. Yeah, I, I
1: think it's just going to be hard for a team to get the keys to him, though. You know what I'm saying? The where he's going to be able to take the amount of shots that he took at Oklahoma. You know what I'm saying? And I think he's one of those players that need a lot of shots to get in the rhythm. Yeah. You know, and that's why I think it's going to take him some time. You know, yeah. I think he's going to be good. I just think it's going to take time. And the NBA team is just not going to pass it over to him to take
2: all those right. shots. See, see, that's the point I actually agree with. I think it's going to be interesting to kind of see how he comes in and at times even has to play off ball. Because like you said, he's not going to just come in from day one and everything is just going to kind of be put into his hands like it was at the college level where he had total freedom, complete green light can do whatever he wants to do on the floor. Now, you know, how does he handle fitting more
0: within a role now? Yeah, but, I mean, I think it also depends on where he goes. I mean, because if he goes to a Clippers team, you know, I don't think he necessarily would have to be the guy. But I do think that, you know, when I look at their roster, I would say that Trey Young, with that scoring area, it would have to be Trey Young and, of course, Tobias, you know. And I think that if he's going to go to a situation he'll have more opportunities that way. Now, if he went to a team like, I don't Cleveland know, at eight. Cleveland at eight, you know, again, you know, with Le- with us knowing LeBron probably is gone, you know, he's going to have to be that guy. You know, him and K Love, assuming that they don't trade K Love over the offseason or even tomorrow, but, you know, he would have to score then, you know. So I just think it, it has to do with where he's going to go. Now, will he succeed where he goes? I mean, who? That's the big. That's a question. But you know, will he have the opportunity? That's just depending on where he goes. But I think that you know, in college, I mean, he, he proved he led. The, what he led the nation in assists and points. And, yeah, yeah. You know, so I mean, I think his game does predicate. And then once you get some NBA talent around him, those passes that he was making in college that was going out of bounds, those are going to be going into some hands that can do something with it. So that's my thing with it. So let's do something fun, guys. Let's uh go ahead and. Do, uh, um, you know, like a live mock draft, you know, you know around Robin with pressure yeah. yeah. on. Yeah. I like it. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed in you guys because uh, y- y'all didn't fly off no Adam Silver jokes, man. Y'all, y'all whack for that. <laughs> <laughs> I was bracing myself yeah. on. <laughs> so, I'll start it off. So, with the number one pick, I have the Phoenix Suns selecting DeAndre Ayton. Seven one center out of University of Arizona. Uh, I think that I think it's it's basically uh, it's. I think that if they didn't choose him, it would be overthinking at this point. We all love a seven one guy that can stroke it, and as well as uh, oh, oh I was thinking the same thing. We <laughs> oh. talking about basketball. Yeah, <laughs> leave man, grow up. So you know he can shoot it. And he has a great post game. Uh, He has great size. Now some knocks on him is that his defensive IQ is not as high. And that his work ethic is in question. And that's a big thing to me because if you're not going to work hard in the league, man, you might as well just give it up, you know. So, and then DeAndre Aiden his personality. I don't know. I could be wrong. I've seen a couple interviews, but he does. He seems like a guy that, you know, he... He oozes confidence, you know. I don't want to say it, it's knocking on cockiness, but, you know, in a way, it kind of does. So, you know, lack of better terms, you know. Yeah. I don't want to call him cocky, but he's very close there. So, I mean, and then. Wow, well, he cocky. If, yeah. So, if you put that, lump that with the fact that they're saying that his work ethic is in question, that means he don't feel like he has to work. Yeah. So, and you gotta look at it, he probably hasn't
2: really been challenged too much until this point. You look at him being that type of athlete at 7-1, yeah. how many guys out there, first of all, at the high school level, gonna be able to deal with that at all? And then even at the college level, so now you gonna have to go to the league and face grown men. Nah, it's ain't gonna come as easily as it came at the other levels, yeah. So, right.
0: what I, but I mean, just to lead up to a positive, you know, to wrap up, DeAndre Aiden. Is you know, I think that you put him along with Booker, you know, I think that Booker will finally have somebody to, you know, mirror his scoring ability. The the young Shaq and Kobe. Mm, yeah, cut, I it cut, it out, <laughs> cut it out. Cut it out. Cut it out. Cut it out. Not so fast, my friends. But I mean, I think that they will be a good, you know, a good little tandem. So number one pick. So with the with the second pick, who are the Sacramento Kings selecting, Los? So with the second pick, I got
1: the Kings going and get the foreign kid, Luka Doncic. Um, I like him a lot. He probably is the best player. You know, the the only person in the argument here is your boy. You know, Marvin Bagley. But you know, I like him. I think he is the best player in this draft. I think that his,
0: he, he's he's the only pro basketball player in this draft. You know, he's you say he's the best to- player in this draft. I think he's That's the best a, player in this nah,
1: game. Absolutely. I, I really do. You know, and I like his game. I like his feel for the game, you know, and at 19 years old, he's been playing professional basketball since he was like 16. Yeah. You know, and again, he's 6'8, 220. He can handle the ball. He can take it to the hoop. He can shoot. He has the floater, and he's a playmaker, you know, and I think that'll be a good pick. You know, only reason I didn't go with Bagley is because the Kings have a history of. Selecting big men and not really doing much with them, end up shipping them off or, you know, I I just think they need to change the culture and go and get the foreign kid.
0: Yeah, I like I like that. I like that. And then, you know, they you know, some people say, oh, they got De'Aaron Fox, you know, why would they draft another point guard? But I do think that uh, uh, Luka brings something different than what De'Aaron Fox does. But, you know, De'Aaron more so can't. I don't think he really can play off ball, honestly. Yeah. He's more effective with the ball in his hand. He's not, you know, a lights-out shooter like that. He's more of a slasher, getting the paint type guy. And Luca is more of a player you want the ball in his hands because he can do so wonderful, so many wonderful things with it, including making players better. I mean, when we talk about a 6'8 point guard, I mean, it's ridiculous size as a yeah. point guard. So I can't help but think that he will be able to defend in the league with yeah. that type of length his athleticism is in question. Yeah. But again, I think that, you know, Sacramento this this I think they will if they don't overthink this like you said Los and and try to overthink this, if they take Luka, then they have somebody that can have him going in the right direction for the next 10 years. I think that them drafting Luka could could automatically boost their win total by 10 this year. If they was Ooh that's a, that's a strong statement right there yeah.
2: i mean i i do like luca as well and i think luca could be a nice to me a combo guard he has the size like you mentioned but he also to me you know can distribute the ball really well he shoots the ball well it's going to be interesting to see i guess you definitely have buddy hill on the bench at that point right he definitely is your number two yeah. off the bench or something like well, that cause... the thing with luca he's
1: He can play through three different positions, you know what I'm saying? He can play the point, the shooting guard, or the forward. So, I mean, he's interchangeable. And watching him today when he was talking in his interview, you know, he compared his game, you know, not saying he's there, but to LeBron James, how he can play at different spots and guard different spots on the floor. So, that's why I think he's a good interchangeable piece to select at the number two
2: spot. And I think, yeah, I, I do see that. And I think, honestly, he does fit, to me, better at the two or the three in the league. And the reason I say that is, to me, he he does lack a little bit something athleticism-wise. I can't see him night in and night out dealing with those point guards in the league. So I do see what you're saying. You can slide him to the two or the three, and I think that he would fit right there. But um, I think just moving this thing right along and heading to that number three spot um, this is probably going to be a shocker for y'all because y'all know I normally have due bias, but I really would take Jaron Jackson at this number three spot. So I would have Atlanta taking Jaron Jackson out of Michigan State. To me, he really fits their team needs of a, of a, of a big down low who can score, yes. but also provide defense. You're talking about the Big Ten's defensive player of the year. You're right. talking about a kid, I think he's still 18 at the moment. Yeah, so he's playing the draft. Yeah, so he still hasn't come close to, you know, reaching his potential. And I think that he fits really well even next to their young center, John Collins, right now. I think that they yeah. can be a dynamic duo yeah, dynamic for Tanner. years to yeah. come. Um, And to me, with him being the age he is and how young he is right now, to me, he just really fits as far as the long timeline that Atlanta is looking at. I mean, they're not going to really contend for anything for really many years to come. So he has a good few years to really develop and get seasoned. His game is versatile. He can score from the inside to the outside. He can shoot it well. NBA pedigree because his dad was an NBA player. Um, so actually I know it's somewhat shocking Because I'm a major Duke fan And you probably would think I would say Marvin Bagley at this spot But I got Jaron Jackson I think you hit the nail on the
0: head And to me Jaron Jackson is the best player in this draft uh, He can defend multiple positions I don't think there's a position that he can't defend on the floor yeah. uh, And just like you said I like to pick for Atlanta Because it will match up John Collins and Jaron And I think that everything John lacks Jaron has and uh, Jaron, I mean, the, uh, when you look at the defender and you, and you look at this league, when you you know pick and roll league where you want to switch your your big and you want your big to be able to be like a Draymond Green that can go out the perimeter as well. Right. I think that Jaron brings a brings a lot to the table. And then his dad used to play in the league. Back yeah, that's why well I said the NBA pedigree. He yeah. So that. you know, I think that has a lot to do with you know just him knowing how to carry himself with his with his personality. I think he's a high character guy. I think Atlanta uh will be getting a good one there. So uh that goes back to me with Memphis. Uh I will have them taking Morgan Marvin, Marvin Bagley, who I think they would think will be a steal at that position yeah, right there. Yeah. Um Morgan Bagley, you know, you pair him with uh with uh, Gasol, uh I mean I think that you would have a great tandem there. Yeah. Uh, in the front court, your front court be Sats. Uh I think they will feel that kinda like Z I'm not comparing him right yeah, but it does you know, kind of mirror that. You yeah, know? he can take it more yeah. so out to the perimeter. Right. He got the
2: nice little mid-range that he right. can play.
0: And Bagley can, uh, once again, he can shoot it. So, he'll be able to spread the floor for Gasol. And, you know, Memphis, who've been a, a troubled franchise for some years, but for some reason they still able to find yeah. success. I think there would be a great pick for them there. You know who
1: you remind me of, though? You remind me of, like, a, an athletic Chris Bosh. You know, he has more bounced in Chris Bosh, but his game, the left hand, he, it kind of reminded me of Chris Bosh when I was watching him this year at Duke.
2: Right, and I think the thing that you look at as well is the fact that, to me, Memphis might be the best fit for Bagley because the, the question about him is on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. So if you can compare pair him with a big like Gasol, who is known as a, a great defender, a great post defender, that kind of masks his weakness right there. Of course, there are going to be some concerns that he can be somewhat at times viewed as a tweener, but I think he can fit the modern NBA. You're talking about a guy that was a 20-10 and guy, 21-11, and really, if you want to say, at Duke, and I mean,
0: I think, like you said, that would be a steal for them at four. Yeah, I think, and I think that he he has an NBA-ready body. He's one of the, you know, him and Jaron Jackson and Aiton are NBA-ready, like, right now, you know, so... Those types of guys you, you can't pass upon And front court players are a luxury, and they're hard to find. So, when you have one on the board like that, you got to go ahead and take it. So Yeah. So, number five, uh, Dallas Mavericks. low who you got? So, I got the Dallas Mavericks. I'm going to roll with them
1: taking the center. You know, for years, they've really been searching for that center. You know, they had the field, you know, DeAndre Jordan <laughs> experiment. So, I'm going to go with Muhammad. Lumber from Texas. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think he'll be good. He's long, you know, one of the longest lengths, seven foot two twenty-five. He averaged twelve and ten with three point seven blocks this year, you know, I think that'll give them a good anchor on their team. And I think this team would like to get another, you know, one of those uh foreign players, you know, and they had so much success with Dirt. But, you know, I think they will go
0: they will be, you know, happy with getting this center at number five. Yeah, I like Muhammad Bamba, another guy who can shoot it. You know these big guys. I mean, if you can't shoot and you seven feet, you putting yourself at advantage because yeah. you can't. It's, just, it's hard to find a center. I mean, it's not hard to find a center, yeah. but the best big men in the game are expanding out to their arc, and he can stroke it. I'm yeah, literally pause. saying that. Now I don't <laughs> want to say that. But yeah. Pause. All right, pause. But you know he can really shoot it. So you know he's offensively polished. You know as well. And, you know, I think that he and he can protect the cup, which yeah. is very, very big. Right. When you got Westbrooks and Dame Lillard's, you know, cutting in. And you got all of these guys who are slashing to the goal. So, him protecting the rim, that's huge. I, and he'll be an anchor for Dallas. Right.
2: And I think you could be potentially looking at it, not saying this game is exactly the same, but you could be looking at a better offensive version of Rudy Gobert and what he can be defensively at some point. Mm-hmm. I'm saying the wingspan the way he can protect the paint.
0: Talk, yeah. he actually has if a him, longer wingspan if, than Rudy. If he was Gobert. able to get his game defensively up there like that, he would be better than Gobert. Yeah, what, Gobert don't have that's what, what I'm saying. It. So you
2: add the offensive game to it, and the thing about Mo Bamba, I know y'all been saying Mohammed, y'all saying the whole name, but mm-hmm. uh, the thing about Mo Bamba is the fact too that. If you look at his development over the span of time, like within the last year or year and a half, his offensive game has shot off the charts compared to what it was. Like he didn't always have these post moves. He didn't always show this same ability. Like I saw them doing a side-by-side with him and Joel Embiid of them doing like the same post moves and all that. So I really like that pick uh, for the Mavs.
1: He did come out and say he didn't
2: want to go to Memphis. So, I think that's going to be interesting to see yeah, he Thursday said, or tomorrow. He, 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 he yeah. tell
0: him straight up, I don't want you to draft me. I'm not going to work out for you. Right, right. Yeah, leave, bro.
2: Hey, that, that, that's the kind of tone that's set for the league right now these days. We'll probably get more into that later. We're talking about certain players. But that's kind of the tone that's set now. So. Um, but moving into the next pick,
0: um, Six. Oh
2: yeah, number yeah. six pick, that's me. No. Uh, huh? You just did the You just did the fourth oh. pick. <laughs> and lost did five. You don't want me to tripping. Like you don't want me to- You know what guys, I'm just gonna back out of this. Apparently I'm not a part of the <laughs> my <marvelous>. video. <laughs> nah, with the six pick. With the six pick, I believe that um the Orlando Magic, I think they need somebody at that point guard position. Um, when you look at the point guards really in this draft, you're looking at Colin Sexton and Trey Young. For me, I know Colin Sexton is the more settled defensive guard, kind of fits what they had before in the Alfred Payton and all that. But Alfred Payton didn't work out to me, so I'm going with Trey Young at that number uh, six spot for the Orlando Magic. Um, I wow. think, yeah, I think that they you need. Know I'm going with Trey Young.
0: Oh, yeah, I liked it. I yeah, like
2: I mean, like I said, I think they need a point guard. The top two point guards to me in the draft are him and Colin Sexton. What about Shai, bro? Shai Alexander. Come on. I think he's nice. I don't know if Come I'm on, taking bro. him that high. I'm looking at him a little bit later in the lottery or maybe, you know, somewhere around there. So, I think Trey Young comes in. We know kind of the game. We talked about Trey Young earlier in this pod. Um, we know he kind of – his style of play fits the current NBA, him being able to shoot – he can distribute the ball. I feel like he can fit in pretty much any offense. And the bottom line, too, Orlando is a team that needs to fill seats and sell tickets, and that's a big ticket name right there. People are gonna come out to
0: see Trey Young. So I really like that pick. I really vouch for that pick. And prior to me skipping you, I was gonna make that pick. So. Oh, okay, <laughs> all right. But uh, yeah, Trey Young. I think he'll go well in Orlando. Uh, I think that you know Orlando could use that flair. And Orlando in this draft, you know, what's so gonna be so what's going to be so in- interesting, like in the top in the lottery with the top five people? They have so many questionable franchises, yeah. That do, that's known for doing like crazy yeah. stuff, like you know, like the like for instance the Knicks. Like we are gonna get to them, but the Knicks, okay? They they choose to pick pick up Nikola. To tie whatever, man. You talking about uh, oh you talking about me <laughs> messing up names right? oh yeah, you butchered they okay. But <laughs> you know, Aquino or whatever. They gonna take him and pass up on Donovan Mitchell. You know, they do you know and then the kid they pass
2: up on Dennis Smith Jr. too or am
0: I tripping? Yeah,
2: Dennis Smith yeah. too. They pass up on him. they, they passed, passed up, up on
0: New York. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, you got some questionable franchises in this draft, and that's interesting. But,
2: yeah, I do think that.
0: And then they have some nice beaches out there, you know. Then they Disney World's out there. So, I think that he'll, you know, that'll be a good little, you know, vibe for him. So, <laughs> moving right along, uh, number seventh pick, right, the Chicago Bulls. Man, they need a lot of work. I don't even know what direction they're going with. It's like they have a bunch of pieces. But I would say... You know, the next the, the next guy that I like a lot is Wendell Carter Jr. Going to the Bulls. I like him, yeah. Uh, big man from Duke. Uh, again, another big guy that was really kind of overshadowed by how great Bagley was. When you got a guy averaging 20 points, 20 and 10 in college. So, of course, you're going to be overshadowed. But that doesn't... You know, you're... A, you know, Ramon, you're a Duke guy, so you know. Yeah. You know, I've done my homework on him, and I like him a lot. Another guy that can protect the rim. Yeah, can protect the rim, and, and he's very
2: versatile. Like, um, Wendell Carter can stretch the floor, and like you were talking about, can all bigs needing to shoot the three. Right. He can shoot the three. I think his game fits better for the NBA, and I think – that too, like you mentioned, it was a little bit of a struggle for him, kind of having to take a back seat to Marvin Bagley. Yeah. That you didn't see all of his game, especially
0: presents. since uh, Wendell Carter, when he committed to Duke, Bagley had no. yet to yeah, commit. Right. So for him to have, he was going to be the man if was. Bagley didn't come. But I don't think that takes away anything from Bagley. Bagley can protect the rim. He, I mean, I'm sorry, well, Wendell he can Carter. too. Yeah, Wendell, Wendell Carter. Carter can protect the rim. Uh, he can score. He can shoot it. He can rebound. Playing pick and roll. The Bulls will have a good, a great piece. And again, if you don't know who Wendell Carter Jr. is, I say, oh, he's a secondary player. No, that's how great Bagley it was that it made Wendell have to take a back seat. But I think it says a lot about his character that he, you know, as a as a top recruit, for you to be willing to take you know, sort of a back seat or try to find your role somewhere else, you know, yeah. in in Duke. So. I like Wendell Carter going to Chicago, uh, to the Chicago Bulls.
1: Okay, not a bad pick. I'm kind of glad that you didn't pick my boy for this. But, you you know, going to the eighth pick, the Cleveland Cavaliers, you know, um, let's talk about them a little bit. I think they need to start preparing for life after LeBron James. I think LeBron James is gone. I think everybody thinks that at this point. So with this pick, I'm going to take Michael Porter. And I think that'll be a good yeah. replacement great for pick. LeBron. I'm not saying he's going to be LeBron, but I think that'll be a good name, bigger name. You know, you get possibly who was going to be, you know, prior to injury, the top pick in the draft to go number eight. I think that'll be a great pick for them to
0: get Michael Porter at number eight. Yeah, I think that anybody that's going to get Michael Porter is going to get a steal. And of course, without being said, you know, the only reason he's going to be available to the Cleveland Cavaliers is that. At that eighth pick is because of the back injury and because of other things that we discussed. I think we discussed that earlier, either yeah, he off did. air or on air. Yeah. But uh, you know, you know that that's gonna cause him to fall there. And I think it, when healthy, man, they they got them, they got him something yeah. special because he can shoot. He can shoot eyes out. Yeah. As yeah. a big man, and when you when a guy can shoot eyes out as a big man, plus you know he's athletic. Yeah. Out the gym, so I think he's a, he's a good pick. Yeah, that would pretty
2: much that would be a, almost a steal right there. Because if you would have looked at this about a year ago, to think that you would even mention his name at the eighth pick, like people would think that that's a joke. He All was right. going really basically number one, but top three at worst, and so that would be a great pick. Um, But moving right along, uh, we at the number nine pick with the New York Knicks, right? Um, I would say at this pick I for them I think they need some some depth on the wing. I think they need some defense on the wing, some length. And so when I think about all those things mixed together, um I think about the guy uh, Michael Bridges from Villanova. I think he would be a great pick for them for them to put him next to Frank how you say his last
0: name, Rob? Nikatata. Nikatata. Uh, I think he'll be a great yeah. fit right, My right? man, No disrespect to me, man. Right? Let's stop playing with this man. man. Right. I think Frank. We'll we just say yeah. Frank. I
2: think he'll be a great fit right there. A nice versatile wing that you can slide right next to Frank. Um And... I just think everything we saw from him at Villanova just allows him to slide right into there. Um, you put him with Frank, and then hopefully at some point they get Porzingis back later in the year and you could be working with something
0: nice out in New York. So Okay. Okay. I'm not mad at it, man. I'm not mad at it. So with the ninth pick, hopefully the Knicks listen to you, bro, and stop overthinking yeah. things. You right. Know, and, and do what they're supposed to do. But um, moving along, I'm going to show you Knicks fans. Uh, Philadelphia in 76 is at number 10? Yeah. Oh, yeah, this should be interesting. Yeah. So, That's um, rich the Lakers pick. Right. <laughs> they've struck gold two years in a row, Ben Simmons, you know. Um, they've struck gold. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say two years in a yeah. row, but I'm, they've struck gold with Ben Simmons. They've struck gold with Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid. You know, things have worked. Of course, they've had picks that hadn't worked out, like right. Noel and, and know, oh, oh, my goodness, uh, Jaleel yeah, yeah, Okafor, <laughs> and Fultz and yeah, a Fultz still got figured out, but Okafor definitely. Does is. Fultz have it figured out? But that's another subject. For <laughs> that. So with the number 10th pick, I have them taking. Um, I think that they should take Miles Bridges, six uh, seven yeah. guy out of Michigan State. Yeah. Um, I the reason why I think that they should take him is because I think he could play alongside Embiid. Yeah. Uh, I think with his size and also he's he's a very athletic defender. I think that you know he could score it a little bit, you know. Yeah. But I think you mostly want him for defense and rebounding, yeah. and I think that's what he brings to the table. And he can reinforce an already great roster that Philadelphia has. No, I think that's a good pick just
1: because the 76ers have both of their guards. their two shooting guards um, coming off. They're both coming up for free agency, and that's um, JJ Reddick. And then I can't think of his name right now, the other shooting guard that came off the bench, um, Foreigner. Um, they're both coming up for
2: free agency right now. Is it, is right it Bellinelli now. maybe? Is it, is it Marco Bellinelli?
1: Yes, Bellinelli. Yeah. They're both free agents this, se- this offseason, so they do need some shooting. And, I mean, according to the numbers, you know, he shot 36.4% from the field. And that's Miles Bridges. So.
0: Yeah. Good, man. Well, the next pick is number 11, Charlotte Hornets. Who you got?
1: I got the Hornets taken, so I'm I'm more thinking so further ahead, I got them taking Colin Sexton, and I think I don't think, you know, I think their starting point guard's not going to be that long. I think he's going to end up getting chipped off or Kimber, he's yeah. going to be there for, yeah, Kimball yeah. Walker. I think he's going to be gone, so I think they need to start preparing for life after him. Um, I know they just recently made a trade today and got rid of um, Dwight Howard, you know, so they're making moves and you know, stockpiling, preparing for the future, um, and so I think Colin Sexton out of Alabama, the 6'1", hundred eighty-five point guard, would be a
0: good pick for them. I like uh, yeah. Colin Sexton a lot. Who's my favorite, and who I think is probably the best point guard in this draft? Um, Colin Sexton can score, it, you know, and he did everything in Alabama, yeah. bro. He yeah. had no support. He was uh, he was he had to do it all, and he, and he still he rose to the occasion. And I think Alabama was able to get them a tournament win last year. You know, he was a uh, he shared a uh, SEC honors, SEC Player of the Year honors. Um, I think he's ready, and I think that you know, a point guard is something that just like you say, I don't, I don't think, I think Kemba time is 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 dwindling down for him to be in trade rumors almost every year for the past three years. It's gonna happen. So, I think that he, you know, Colin Sexton would, you know, be a good heir to his throne. I think so, too. Um, Now, I think moving along and going to the Clippers
2: uh, at the number 12 pick. This one, this pick, I'm going to just go to based upon stuff that's kind of been floating around right now. I would normally go with a guy potentially like a Kevin Knox right here. But, I've been hearing that the Clippers really like Robert Williams. Um... And I've been hearing that it's almost maybe a promise that at 12 or 13, he's going to L.A. So I'm going to just go ahead and slide him in at that number 12 pick, Mm -hmm. Robert Williams, uh, out of Texas A&M. I think there's potential that they could also be looking at the fact that DeAndre Jordan may not be there next season. And so you slide in a guy like Robert Williams that can be a rim protector. um, I think... you know, a decently versatile being. I'm not gonna say he got the greatest offensive game or anything out there, but supposedly he in his defend. workouts, yeah, he so, can defend. He can defend. Supposedly in his workouts, he blew the Clippers away. Now that could still be a smoke screen. We know how obviously teams do a lot of times say, "I love this guy." So Clippers don't have, have that right? ability. To, they're right. one of those other questionable franchises, right? So, I mean, I've heard that they really love this guy. So I'm gonna say at number twelve that the Clippers are gonna take Robert
0: Williams. Okay. Well, with their 14th pick, with their next, I'm sorry, the 13th pick with, their, uh, with the Clippers, because the Clippers have two back-to-back picks. I got them taking Shy Alexander. And mm, yeah. who's my second favorite point guard under Colin Sexton in the draft? I think that he can score it. I think that the Clippers have been in desperate need of a point guard since Chris Paul has left. Uh, I think that he can, you know, he can defend too. Yeah. So and he has he's one of those lengthy point guards as well, one of those lengthy combo guards. So he's been killing workouts. Yeah, killing and workouts. he's been killing. He's been shooting up the 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 draft board. Yeah. So I had him taking it taking him. I think he'll be a good fit there. So I think that if they score like you did, if they like Robert, Robert Williams, Williams, go get him and then go get your point guard in shot. And I think that that'll be a successful draft for them. So that final leads us to the of, final pick. Final pick. Final yeah. So the final pick,
1: Dimple the Nuggets got the 14 pick. Um, I got them selecting Kevin Knox out of Kentucky, yeah, yeah, yeah. the 6'9", 215 point guard. So he fits that mold of the size of, like, the Paul George, you know, the bigger yeah. guys, the Rudy Gay-type size guys. And so I think, you know, with his size and his ability to shoot the ball, you know, which the last 12 games he shot 34.1% from the, field, from the three-point line, you know, I think he will bring that energy. Then You got to look at the Denver Nuggets. They got question marks around Wilson Chandler right now. You know, Wilson Chandler is getting up in age. You know, I think they do need that young wing. They really haven't had that great young wing player since you know like Melo so I think he would be a good pick for them at
2: 14. Um, that would be a steal to me at 14 seeing a, a talent like Kevin Knox fall all the way down to 14 yeah. to Denver and honestly bro, at this point I don't even really like Denver too much with the whole Jamal Murray nonsense type stuff. Man, they've, been, they've been knocking yeah, out so, the puck in the draft. So I almost not even like for them to even get him but that would be a home run of a pick
0: for and them. And speaking of how we led off with the conversation of finding diamonds in the rough, the Nuggets were one of those teams that was able to find the Joker in the second round. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, they, you know, they only with the draft, drafting. And if they were able to get Kevin Knox again, I would be very envious as a fan, as a fan of the game because they are, they are one of those teams that, you know, you got the 76ers who are like the, 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 the darlings of the NBA. But the Nuggets are slowly putting together a roster yeah. that's going to be competitive and good for a long time. Murray,
2: ago. Gary Harris, Jokic, like you were just mentioning, yeah. and you slide Kevin Knox in there, too. Yeah. with it. They still got Millsap over there. like yeah. So, yeah. yeah,
0: Nuggets, man, keep an eye out on them, man. Keep an eye out. They're doing, they're doing some good things down there over there in Denver, and they're doing it very quietly. So, that wraps up. You know, we covered the NBA lottery. Those are the draft picks. Let us know what you think on O-Underscore Benchwarmers on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, maybe you agree with us. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're going to listen to this after you watch the draft. So, we don't want to hear from you if you already saw what passed. These, this is, <laughs> right. That's like right. cheating. Like right. If you listen to it before the draft and you have some comments, just, just shoot us a tweet on O-Underscore Benchwarmers, and that's right. on Twitter as well. I mean, on Instagram as well. And I'll give us a follow, too, and a shout-out. Maybe I'm them for too much. <laughs> but so, moving along, man. So, it's uh, off, NBA off season. Uh NBA free agency is in full swing. There was a report that came out today that said that Coach Popovich ran out to San Diego to visit with Kawhi to uh, see where his head is. And different reports are coming out that the meeting didn't go too well for the Spurs. It seems like uh, Kawhi is very upset about how they handled his injury, how Coach Popovich kind of publicly shamed him, how Tony Parker and Manu Manu Ginobili made their little comments. So, what y'all think, man? What y'all? What, what, are, your, what, are, so, what are your thoughts so on that?
1: I, I've been waiting to talk about this, man. I mean, when the news dropped, I was away, man. I, I just I think all this, all said and done, I think. I think Leonard, you know, he has a a legit beef with them. I think Leonard, you know, when you're the best player on the team, then your team is publicly coming out taking shots at you. That's embarrassing, man. And then I was talking to the guys in my office, you know, at work, and I was telling them, I was like, there's no way he can go back to that off. I mean, go back to, you know, that locker room when he's been saying that, you know what I'm saying? Especially with his personality, you know, he's not an out-and-talking, expressive person. He's not going to come out and, you know, Clear the air, you know what I'm saying. He's just going to stay to himself type of person, and so I think I think they just need to go ahead and get and move on from him. I don't think you know, and I, I I'm a Lakers fan. We all know we all Lakers fans. I don't think he's going to end up with the Lakers. I think it's going to end up like the Paul George situation. They're not going to give him what he wants. Well, want. thanks for the
0: optimism, no. Logan.
1: <laughs> no, I'm being honest. We I appreciate think he it. ends up with the Clippers, you know, oh, and hey. I think by trade not him signing there. I think they're going to trade him out of spite, not by signing there or someone else. I don't think he ends up with
2: the Lakers. I, would hate that. I hope he ends up with the Lakers. I, would hate I want that to happen, but I just don't see it happening. Yeah, oh, guys, man, you just left me on a, a little sour note right there with the whole and <laughs> stuff right there. That's part of why I've been saying that the Lakers actually they got to come correct with this. They can't feel that hey, we got too much leverage. He's saying this and that. He prefers to come to us. You still have to come correct with a trade offer right now for Kawhi Leonard. As we shared already, I mean, that situation is done. He told Pop straight up he wanted to be out of there. They wanted to just one-on-one meeting, but it was basically said that his uncle was still at that meeting as well. And so it's obvious that that relationship is, is torn apart. They can't do anything about that to fix it. They just got to get with the best thing that they can get on the trade market for him. Um, and that's why I feel like you could potentially see something happen within these next few hours, these next couple of days, right, leading up to the draft, maybe during draft night, because that's still some valuable assets that teams have. If he is to go to the Clippers, like Los is just mentioning, I think that has to happen, you know, on draft day, draft night, because those 12th and 13th picks that the Clippers have would obviously go in a dra- trade for Kawhi Leonard, and I would think that the Spurs would want to make those picks instead of relying on the Clippers to kind of figure it out for them. Um, so I'm still holding out hope as a Lakers fan that we can still some type of way get it done. I hate that teams hate the Lakers so much that they would be willing to take less from another team just out of spite for the Lakers. Like, I think that's so stupid to me. Just think well, about... You the- got,
1: you got you got owners that came out, like the Mavs owners, you know, and said, you know... I'll be, go, I'll be happy if they stayed down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that just shows you where we're at yeah. with this, you know. More the Lakers have always hated for the us. last five, you know, for, for a long time, since, what, 2010? You know, that's eight years. You know, we've had down years. And so, it's just, it's to a point now, it's like, teams, players, if they want to come to L.A., they're going to have to sign as a free agent. Teams are not going to help the Lakers. They're yeah. not. Unless we give up absolutely the boat, which we shouldn't, I don't think we should. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I think it's best that, you know, I mean, what I think is a good trade for him, I think it'll be Brandon Ingram, maybe our first-round pick, the 25th pick, and then you can throw in um, another piece or two, you know, like maybe uh, Josh Hart, you know, something like that. I think that'll be a good trade for him. You know, you get a young piece, you get a pick, and you, or really you get two young pieces and you for Leonard, you know, and a pick. You know, and I think that's a because, again, he's coming off injury, you know what I'm saying? We haven't seen him. And I don't know how long, you know. So we can't give up a bolo, you know, like Kyle Kuzma and uh, Brandon Ingram for him. I don't think that's a fair trade for a player coming off injury that we don't even know if still himself, you know.
0: And, you know, for the listeners that, you know, kind of has somewhat been casual keeping up with the story. We were discussing Kawhi Leonard. It's been a complete roller coaster for the Spurs. You know, Kawhi Leonard, there was rumblings coming out of his camp that he's unhappy and that this day would come where he would demand a trade. He's been injured this whole season. Hadn't played, what he play, like a few games maybe? Nine uh, games. Nine games. So, you know, and then, you know, it was said that the, the the team doctors cleared him to play and said that he was healthy, but he refused to play. He was supposed to be getting rehab in New York, you know, trying to get a second get second um, opinion. opinion. And that leads to what I mentioned before about Coach Popovich coming out and sending a subliminal shot saying LaMarcus Aldridge has been so dedicated and this, that, and the other. And it came out with Manute and uh, Tony Parker taking their shots saying that, oh, he should be here playing, you know, and it's disappointing that he's not. So, you know, that all kind of have ball to a head at this point. And now we are discussing trades for Kawhi because Kawhi said he did want to be traded and preferably it's reported that he wants to go to the Lakers. That's on the top of his list. And, guys, we've, uh, we've been on this roller coaster ride before last year with Paul George with the same thing when he demanded the trade and saying that the Lakers were his preference. And we all know as NBA fans that did not happen. They sent him to Oklahoma City instead. Like, I'm not getting my hopes up as a Lakers no. fan about this trade. No. I'm with you, I don't think that he will end up in L.A., but... A little bit in my heart is like I'm keeping a little bit of hope, Yeah. but I just don't yeah. see it happening. But you know, I don't want to I don't want to involve myself on this roller coaster ride. Uh, you know, like I, I'm so tired of it for the past five years. I want to just build our team, like we doing, been doing. We got two max slots. You know, let's do something with them. You know, we don't have to worry about this Kawhi. And if Kawhi decides after next year wherever he gets traded to to come there late and he's welcome.
1: Right. And the only thing with that is, the only thing we worry about is the same Paul George situation. You know, Paul, they trade him to someone else and he start liking whoever the second player is. And see, I think, you know, with the Thunder, they strategically did that, you know, and the Indiana Pacers, they strategically did that. They knew that he's going to be in a place where he's going to compete. He's going to go to the playoffs. And now you look at it right now, it's not so sure that Paul George is coming to the Lakers. You know, we thought for sure that was the one big free agent that we were going to get. I mean, it's still up in the air, but our reports recently are saying that he's leaning towards going, staying with the Thunder one more year. You know, either opting in into his contract and staying one more year or, you know, signing a bigger deal. So I'm hoping, you know, that domino falls to us.
2: But, But the thing about it, that's the point right there that makes me disagree with the approach. To me, I think you got to give whatever you can give for Kawhi. I ain't saying you give up the whole entire team, but at this point, we see the kind of Paul George dynamic where we don't know if Paul George now is going to be a Laker. You know, he might decide to stay in OKC. To me, if you got a star out there that's saying, "Hey, I want to be a Laker," go out there, be aggressive at this point because we know if Kawhi comes to the Lakers, huh?
1: What's,
2: what's your aggressive deal? My aggressive deal? I think, just like you said, you can't include Kuz. I think you can. I would put Brandon Ingram, Ingram? Brandon Ingram and Kuzma. I would be willing to wager those two. You got to look at it. Kawhi Leonard is a they better top... better be taking that Dane contract, though. Yeah, Well. well, potentially. They that potentially definitely and in, in order to make the three guys that we want to come Dean has to be off the book so we would have to figure out I really think you may potentially have to get a third team in this right. um, in this trade that would take on the Dean money and potentially you throw them an asset or something. So maybe Kuzma swings to the third team or something like that. But I think that you have to look at potentially losing two of those top three guys that we have right there as the future of our franchise. If you bring in Kawhi Leonard and you're able to also supplement that with LeBron James and and Paul George potentially, and you know veterans going to be lining up just to be on a contender, I think you got to go for it. And honestly, too, that's in the spirit of what Dr. Jerry Bus used to be as the Lakers owner. Like, I think Genie put Magic in there for a reason. And Magic kind of fits along that same line as Dr. Jerry Bus, And he would want to go for the Gusto. So.
0: Well, I think, I, I I think a that, lot of dominoes are going to fall into place once this draft takes place. Because I think strategically, Coach Pop, like, look, I'm about to go and we'll see what's going on. So we can know if we should make trades tomorrow. Uh, how we should go about handling up the, on this draft that we're in. So you know, I don't. I mean, I don't know what direction the Spurs co- are gonna come to, but I think after to, after the meeting today, I think they're gonna be like, "Hey, look, we gotta move on." Cause they don't. If they don't trade him, I mean, you gotta trade. Yeah, they gotta get something for him. He's out of there. So yeah. So so yeah. one 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 thing to add before we move on. Did y'all read the
1: Genie Bus cryptic tweet? Do right. not underestimate. Right. that dot, dot, dot Nothing else to say. So they almost make you feel like we got something lined up or something is about to happen. So, as a Lakers fan, I feel like you know we gonna make something happen pretty soon here. So it sounds like they probably got something behind the doors lined up already.
0: Yeah, I'm not doubting. I'm not doubting it. I, I have. I place my full. Uh, confidence in the in Lakers front office, they proved too, proven too much to to me in the past like year and a half yeah. for me to doubt them. You know, they was able to get the Mozgov contract off the books, as well as the Clarkson. You know, they was able to do that. So I'm, you know, I'm I'm, I'm confident. They opened up. Hey, we didn't see us having two max uh, two max uh, contracts open this coming up this summer. So not to make this all Laker podcast. I found myself saying that a lot. Right. <laughs> but, right. Uh, the draft is tomorrow, and make sure that you check it out because it's gonna be cool. It started what six Eastern? Yup, six Eastern on ESPN. I think it's on. Yeah, it'll be on ESPN,
2: but they can catch it on NBA TV and all that stuff. Yeah, too, so it's gonna, it's
0: gonna be interesting. Uh, pay attention to our Twitter account. We're gonna be doing some live tweeting. So, um, man, uh, we finally are at the point we could start discussing some uh some fantasy football. Carlos, hold on to your britches. Right, this is his moment right here. He been waiting for this, <laughs> man. So, who do y'all let's let's just touch on it because it's so much we could touch on, but I don't want to, you know, go on run off on a tangent because we've already spent a, a lot of time. But real quick, who do you guys think is the most over? Who do you think will be the most overdrafted? This is tips for fantasy players. Who do you think will be the most overdrafted, uh, fantasy player in PPR leagues? Ah. Uh-huh. So,
1: I like, uh, I, well, I don't like the guy, but I think he's going to be overdrafted just because of his situation. I think Joe Mixon, I, this guy, to me, is terrible. You know, he hasn't shown. <laughs> you know, yeah, at least. I mean, I'm being honest, man. He He's he just not, I mean, the hype around him coming out and, you know, with him and, you know, I, I can't think of the LSU running back. Oh, Jeremy Hill. Jeremy mm. Hill was there, right? Now Jeremy Hill's not there anymore. He's with the Patriots. And so now the doors is open. And so that automatic opportunity is what brings fantasy players. And, you know, that's what make fantasy players think, oh, yeah, he's going to be good. But even when he was given opportunity, he hasn't been good. Right now, he's being drafted in the late second round. For the fantasy players out there listening, do not waste your pick on Joe Mixon. I don't think Joe Mixon is going to be good. I think, you know, it's going to end up being a timeshare you know, I think he's going to end up, he's showing that he's injury prone. You know, he shows, he's just not.
0: I think he did pretty not, well last year.
1: No, man, he did not. He he was average at best, if, if we're being honest.
0: Well, my most overdrafted player, I think, is Jay Ajayi. <laughs> I fell victim to him last year after the amazing year he had. Uh, once uh, Aaron Foster was finally out of the picture. But I think that with the, and then, you know, I was like, oh, you know, he got, first of all, I, I drafted him, like, I kept him. Did I keep
2: him? Yeah, that was your keeper. That
0: was my keeper. And I lost the second, well, no, that's like a seventh round, eighth, I think I lost like, yeah, a seventh, eighth round pick because it. And he got traded to the Eagles, I'm like, uh, maybe I could dig it, and you know what I'm saying? Then in the first game, he breaks like an 80-yard touchdown run. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to steal. And that was it. <laughs> so I mean, I think that he's another guy that's probably like gonna be overhyped. Oh, he's you know he got he got a full year with the playbook now. He's gonna be better now. You know, the, oh look at the Eagles' offense. But I you know I don't think that you know their offense. First of all, their offense doesn't really they're not really that run heavy. You know they rely on that big arm they got back there. So you know that's that that's why I think is overhyped and will be heavily drafted. Uh, The
2: guy that I think is overhyped and I think he was even overhyped last year as well to me is Amari Cooper. I don't think his hey, production. He gonna shake back? I don't think his production fits what his name is Karen right now. I think since his rookie year he had that, and he came out and performed well that, but that was But a
0: sophomore slump, wasn't he? Yeah,
2: I I just don't really see it, and I think now what you bringing in those other targets, you bringing in Jordy Nelson over there, and what the Martavis
0: Bryant. Yeah, they got Martavis, too, well. and they got uh no Crouchy gone. Yeah, so
2: I I don't know because everybody still likes to to hold on to the Amari Cooper name. But I think that the the kid is a little overvalued to me.
0: Okay, well, thanks, guys. Uh, in our draft next month, I know who who what guys not to not to pick on. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I you know I think those are some good ones. You, you I think the Juju hype. You think the Juju uh, hype? Uh, the Juju Smith hype. What you think about that, Los? No, that's real. Yeah, that's true. Right. I'm
1: on the juju train, man. Just yeah. because now I'm more out The juju, juju train. <laughs> I see what you did man. I see
0: what you did there. <laughs> Go
1: ahead, well, man. One, one more <laughs> to add to this that I think that is um uh, is overdrafted and he's going first round and it's the rookie. I mean, we all like him. But still, we don't know what he looks like. Here. Investing a first round Saquon. pick in
0: Saquon Barkley uh, can be tough. Oh, believe the hype! Believe yeah. the hype! I, Saquon, Saquon is, is a thing beast. Though, the Giants have all five new offensive linemen. The one
1: offensive lineman they have coming back is switching positions. Saquon don't show.
0: need a line. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wouldn't invest the first round pick in him. I'm thinking he's going to be good, but a first round
0: pick—if that player hes trying to, to talk him down, him. so we want to pick and he could him. Man, Saquon, man, Saquon, a beast. Man. So so
2: you wouldn't see him potentially at that lower end of the first round? Like, I don't think he needs to go, like, higher or yeah. mid first round, but you wouldn't see him poten- Like, I guess it depends on how many teams in the league you talking. Like, if you talking, let's say, a 12-team league, you couldn't see him at the end of a 12-team? No. I, I, I'm not wow. touching Saquon until
1: the second round. Wow. And, and I, that's, I mean, I know that's, I know, I know, but I know that's kind of bold, and his production has been amazing in college, but year after year, you know, you get the prize possession, you know, first round pick, you know, and then they show off, but my thing is, like Leonard Fournette last year, yeah, he was good, you know what I'm saying, but I don't think he – he went second round. You know what I'm saying? He didn't go first round. He went his
0: average draft position. Was he second should have. Round. Yeah, I took, him, I took him in the he, second round. He should have lost with his production. He would have warranted a first round pick. And that's, that was going to be my next point. There's always a rookie running back that Zeke. blows up. Zeke. Gurley Hunt. Gurley. Like, uh, you, you look
1: at teams, they had good officer line. Zeke. Leonard Fournette. They had good officer line. You can't just say that the side side
2: yeah, a point. Point. Yeah, had a bad offensive line. Yeah. You can't invest a pick on a team. Off the line sucks, you know? But, man? yeah, but that was part of what New York did in the draft when yeah. investing in their offensive they, they line. They did invest in the offensive line this shit. So, I mean, I, I, mean I, I guess I can partially see, like, I don't, Like I said, I don't think then
0: Saquon you're not gonna be able to put you're not gonna be able to load up the box because of Odell and Sterling 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 Shepard
2: and your boy Evan Ingram
0: Evan Ingram you know like you man like all like you you have to cover the middle of the field because of Evan Ingram you have to make sure your outsides are covered because of uh, Odell yeah you know so you know I'm
1: I'm I'm gonna okay and the box is gonna be loaded I think. They're going to get yeah. home with the first four down linemen. You know what I'm saying? I don't think they have to mm. load the box if your line is not intact, if your line doesn't have chemistry. Mm. You see that with players like Ty Gurley. Ty Gurley took off his rookie year. His second year, he sucked. You know, nobody wanted him. But your whole team is trained. We got an offensive lineman Oh, you ain't hear that. Yeah, you know,
0: but yeah, bro, I mean I I, see. I, yeah, we'll will see. see.
2: I, I mean I can I'm not buying I'm not rolling yeah. with that. because
0: so yeah. Saquon's sitting there like if I'm in the twelve team league and I got the tenth pick and Saquon sitting there, I think he's worth the
2: risk. Yeah, I'm taking him in for in the first round. Now if you talking about a ten team, yeah, I'm league, not using a I top can five see, pick on him. Yeah, I can see him sliding to that early second round in a ten team league. But yeah. if it's twelve teams, I think at the end of that one, yeah, I could
1: so, his average draft position right now, he's going as the running back six, the sixth best running back in the league. That's in, So, Ty Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, and Alvin Kamara is going in front of him. Then you're going Saquon. So, he's going in front of names like Kareem Hunt, Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette,
0: Dalvin Cook. Kareem Hunt fizzled out at the end of the year last year. I'm sorry? Kareem Hunt fizzled out at the end of last year. He still ended up
1: being the Russian leader. Because
0: of know? what he did in the first, like, what, eight games?
1: Right. And, I mean, I'm he not... Got out I'm like, <laughs> he got up to a very fast up.
0: He got up to a very fast start versus the Patriots. No, he did.
1: And that's what I'm saying. He, he, he in front of those names, I just don't see. I feel like he should be, like...
0: I think
2: Leonard Fournette should be in
0: front of him. Melvin Gordon should be in front of him. Yeah, I, I am Yeah, Leonard Fournette. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just, I just see what you're saying though. I and Dalvin Cook, I mean, Dalvin Cook yeah, told his he knee. He's be a monster. But then he told his knee. Up, how are you gonna look well, I, after that knee? I, I mean, I guess I see Terrence, nothing these needs that, that, It's kind of yeah. like Tommy John surgery. Like I remember back like in the late 90s or 2000 what Tommy John surgery meant the end of oh, the that your career. career, yeah. But now Tommy John surgery is like, oh, hey, I'm going to get Tommy John surgery, <laughs> right. you know? So, right. I mean, it's just like an ACL. You know, you see what AP did. He had a 2000, what, two, yeah, I mean, 2000 Russian season after his torn ACL. So, yeah, I mean, you bring up good points, man. David Johnson going to be... Man, I hope everybody forget how what, good David I,
2: Johnson was before he hurt his wrist. I mean, I know this can yeah no yeah David Johnson he's gonna be a monster again. Yeah, he definitely gonna be a monster. So I mean, I know this can probably be a somewhat of a difficult question um, to answer. But what do you think is the strongest position fantasy wise right now in this upcoming year? Like, Run, is the most depth running back,
1: running back, running back because this year you got so many rookie running backs that has an opportunity to shine this year. You got names everywhere you got you know the, the the who's the name Rashad Penny
2: Yeah, you, that's know, so you sleeping. got
1: him deep down you got yeah you got Rashad Penny you got just names on top of names
0: you got um, guys Darius I guys think, yeah yeah guys that's so, the thing it son saying. and Michelle guys. yep yeah so yeah. I mean I agree I think that in, re- in past years, remember, running backs were, like, novelties. Like, yeah. you know, in fantasy. Like, you, you have to get your running back early because that position was weak. You right. know what I'm saying? Because it wasn't that many out It outdoors. was just but very top-heavy. Now it's top nine. Now, now it's like deep. a lot of yeah, Right receiver was always
2: that deep position. So, so, one more question on that. All right, let's just throw out just a crazy hypothetical situation. Let's just say last year during the draft, you took Alvin Kamara late in the draft, and no, you had a chance to have a keeper. And you had a chance to have a keeper, which means he maintains that same draft position this upcoming year. Would would that be your keeper? No, no, definitely not. Okay, so you'll just let Alvin Kamara just float out. Definitely. The okay. <laughs> Yeah, give him up. Okay, fly, <laughs> I'm just trying to see. i trying to get some fans. Yeah, yeah fans I, I, I right Yeah, I definitely of, give him
0: up. I'm gonna keep him. <laughs> so there you have it, guys. <laughs> wrap it up on that. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening. As always, thank you for supporting us, the Opinionated Benchwarmers. Make sure you follow us on O Underscore Benchwarmers on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure that you subscribe and as well as leave a review on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you listen to your podcast on and make sure that you pass the word along that the opinionated Benchwarmers are be killing the sports scene and it's the best sports podcast ever. Or just we gonna go with the best sports podcast. You, you can add the ever I like it. ever. Yeah ever. So, so make sure that you keep us hot and make sure that you sharing the word. And stay tuned for the next episode, which will be on the other side of the NBA draft. And we're going to discuss that heavy. We might have something special coming for y'all next week. So, stay tuned. All right? So, peace. Appreciate y'all. Peace,